Buying or selling a business is probably one of the most complex transactions there is. Establishing a realistic asking price or for a buyer an offering price lies at the heart of the process and could be the most complex component of the overall selling or buying project. Much of the literature about buying and selling businesses concentrates on the selling side. Accountants, financial planners, and even insurance advisors dedicate a lot of their advice to teaching small business owners how to structure and run their businesses in order to make it more attractive to potential buyers. But what about buyers? A common myth is that if a business broker is involved, it's going to be more difficult. Many attorneys and accountants have opinions about whether deals of various sizes should involve or not involve brokers. However, no matter individual opinion, a good business broker can offer help. Much like a real estate broker when buying a house, a business broker can help a seller think more realistically about the value of their business and keep the relationship between seller and buyer cordial, which is often quite important. My guest today, William Buzz Harris, is a business broker with Liberty Group of Nevada, LLC and he focuses on business sales and acquisitions and commercial real estate services. Welcome, Buzz. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Sherry. So let's, let's talk about that. I mean, as a business owner, I'm sure a lot of your initial conversation is really the mindset of the seller to let go of their baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so true, and, and unfortunately, it's, uh, it's not always under the best circumstances. Uh, sometimes we actually have uh, sellers that are really looking at it going, okay, I've been working on this for five years. I've put you know the following things in place and I'm ready to go. Um, but unfortunately, we get a lot of those kind of 911 calls. Um, I have to move because of uh, this situation or unfortunately, my health does not allow me to continue on. There's just a variety of things. So unfortunately, probably we probably 80% of the time they're 911 calls, as opposed to the 20% um, that come along that say, "Yeah, I'm. I've been working on this. I'm ready to do it." Um, and then always there's that uh, expectations. Um, not that any of us have ever done it ourselves, um, whether selling something on Craigslist or at a garage sale or something as big as your home or or your business. Um, of what you think the value of your business is. Um, and usually there's, um, there's a happy medium somewhere between what it really is worth um, from a buyer's perspective, as well as what it's worth on paper and then what the seller thinks it is. So if someone were, you know, you hear a lot of the young people, I mean, they start businesses so they can sell them. Their goal is, you know, because of the dot-com era and the millennial mindset, oh, I'm going to build this thing up for two or three years and my goal is to sell it. They don't seem to have the same ownership of someone who's, you know, grinding it out in their 30 or 40th year. Yeah, well, you, you bring that up. So this is a little bit different than trying to, say, flip a house because usually people look at uh, three years of cash flow history. That doesn't mean that there aren't a couple of businesses that we've come across. Um, at the Liberty Group, we've probably done about 700 transactions um, in the 20 years that we've been around. There's a couple of them that have come by um, that have said, yeah, I've been in business for three, four years. Um, I've got something really good going on. Unfortunately, um, I've got this that I need to take care of or I wanna move on um, and I wanna pass this on to somebody else. Um, and they really do have something that's successful. 
Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, we look at a lot of businesses that have been around for 30 years, 20 years. We go to them all the time and we start looking at the business and we find out that they really don't have much to sell um, because it's not so much just about your reputation or how many customers you have. People buy businesses based off of cash flow. So how do you help someone, you know, ultimately the goal would be somebody says, you know what, I'd, I'd like to sell my business in the next two to five years. Gee, I should call Buzz and start to understand what are some of the things that I should be doing today in order to get maximum value out of my business? Great, great, uh, great question. So a lot of people, first of all, they need to find out what their business is worth. Um, and so we do that. We do what we call a comp uh, confidential pricing analysis. We help them understand what their cash flow is. Um, so let's just take an example. Uh, say a business has uh, been around for a while. Uh, they've got 10 or so employees. Um, they've got a pretty good gross. Maybe they're, maybe they're, they're grossing a million dollars a year. Um, and the buyer uh, or the seller says, uh, I think my business is worth a million dollars. Well, your gross is probably not going to be the same as what you're going to sell your business for. Um, but say your business is, uh, you, you're actually making $100,000 a year. Um, that's with your net profit and your discretionary expenses. So that business is, is, is $100,000 that I'm going to make. I leave my job. I work for somebody else. Maybe I work for the government. Maybe I work for somebody else. And I leave my forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year job. And I'm, I'll be happy if I can go make hundred grand. That's a nice number. Six figures is a good thing. Um, but am I going to, as a buyer, am I going to still be working the 40 hours that I work? Or maybe am I going to be putting a little bit more, maybe 50, 60 hours? Um, because I now have that responsibility. But let's go back to that $100,000. So um, I get excited. Um, my business is making $100,000, and I've been doing it for two or three years, four or five years maybe. Um, I made it out of the, the big bump we had in the economy there, the recession, depression, whatever you want to call it. And we get to that point of, okay, now what is the business worth? Most businesses sell for a 2.5 2 multiple, okay? So 2.5 times $100,000, we could potentially sell that business for $250,000. Just to put that in perspective, that's a 40% return on your investment. Because if I were to take that $100,000, $100, I could pay that $250,000 back in two and a half years. 40% return on your investment. A little bit better than the eight or 10, maybe 15% on you get on an investment with real estate, um, but you have some pretty simple numbers there. So now I understand my cash flow. What can I do to get that cash flow better or make my business more desirable? Um, am, am I the business? Is the business all about Sherry? Because Sherry has to be there 60 hours a week. If Sherry goes on vacation, what happens? You come back to a whole lot of headaches or your business goes down. Do you, you have recurring revenue, monthly recurring revenue? Do you have some middle management in place? If I want to buy, Buzz wants to buy Sherry's business, do I have to have any special technical skills or is there somebody there that helps it. So there's a couple of those things. Um, additionally, you probably want to start working with some of those people out there that help you professionally, whether it's a business coach, your lawyer, do you have all your policies in place? Uh, working with an HR person, um, do you have uh, um, everything buttoned up? Um, are your contracts available or is everything done on a handshake? Um, nothing wrong with business people that still operate on a handshake, but they've obviously uh, vetted their people 
that they're working with pretty well um, because very rarely um, do you see anybody operate with just a handshake. Usually it's a, it's a pretty thick document with some terms in there that you probably don't use on a regular basis. Well, and I would think also now you're competing with the franchise model where they are, you know, business in a box essentially right. that have a lot of that already in place. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. And so now my choice is do I buy a franchise because it has all that or do I go with a more established, maybe reputable business that's been here for a long time? Right. Well, and, 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 and thanks for bringing up the franchise because about 50% of the time people are interested in franchises and about 50% of the time they just want to do their own thing. They have, uh, so we see that, um, but sometimes when people see what's in a franchise, uh, maybe there's a little too much there because it doesn't give them the freedom that they're trying to have by establishing their own thing. But with a franchise, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of things that are um, there, your point of sale system. Usually they've, they've had others that have made mistakes. Um, they help you not make that mistake. But you also have to kind of be ready to work under somebody else's terms. Um, but you also have that huge network because there's other franchises out there. So maybe if it's just a small group and maybe there's 100 other franchises, can you call up your competitor in Tennessee? They're not a competitor in Tennessee. They're a colleague. Right. Hey, what what are you doing about this? What are you doing for you know the special Halloween special? What do you what's what's going on here? So you do have that um, that you may not always have as an independent business owner um, because maybe your competitor is also a colleague. But do you kind of want to say um, so? Uh, I'm what do you? Yeah, are you going to share your secrets? <laughs> are you going to share your secrets about how you're going to beat me up uh, in the next uh, season on whatever it is or? If there's a very few that you know we know of that actually have that, where you're in the same industry and you can reach out to somebody and say, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah. So as a business owner, I mean, I always have taught that you have to treat it like an asset, mm -hmm. and because it is an asset, you want to continue to build value in that asset. And I know that you know a lot of times after the twenty, twenty fifth, thirtieth year the business owner, you know, is thinking about retirement and thinking about how are they going to live out the rest of their life. And so ultimately the goal is to be able to sell their business and hopefully not have to continue to work in it, right? But you see that a lot. That's yep. part of the structured deal. We'll talk a little bit more about that in our second segment. But Buzz, let's just finish up with the Liberty Group. You're a business broker and just quickly, you know, how, how you help that buyer or that seller. So we, we help buyers and sellers, and, and that's kind of one of the things that makes us unique in the business brokering business, is that it's all done under one roof um, because of the confidentiality of the information that is shared. Um, everything from tax returns to profit and loss to the employees and those kinds of things. So as business brokers, we almost always um, do things under one roof. So we represent both buyers and sellers. Um, and there's a pretty, you know, we do screening process on both sides of them. Um, we use non-disclosure agreements. So all of that comes into play. Awesome. All right, we have to go to break. Talking with William Buzz Harris, business broker, the Liberty Group. If you'd like more information, you can certainly go out to, um, they have a website, but also you can call Buzz at 775-813-3743. We'll be right back.
Sage International Incorporated helps you start your business and provides the ongoing support, information, and education to make sure you stay in business. For over 26 years, Sage International, a local Reno business, has been working with solopreneurs, real estate investors, nonprofits, and seasoned business owners, making sure you're structured in the right entity, taxed in the right way, so you protect your assets and reduce your taxes immediately. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515. Or visit sageintl.com. If you serve on a nonprofit board or are considering joining one, better understand what it takes to make a positive contribution in your community. Sherry Hill, through Truckee Meadows Community College, is teaching smart strategies to build a dynamic profit board. Three Monday night sessions from October 7th through October 21st. Visit the TMCC Workforce Development Community Education website for more information about the class. Smart strategies to build a dynamic nonprofit board. Welcome back and thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show. Having a good conversation with William Buzz Harris, who's a business broker with Liberty Group of Nevada, LLC. He focuses on business sales and acquisitions. And so, Buzz, I know I've been focusing a little bit on the seller in the first segment, but I really want to talk about the buyer in this segment. You're coming into a community, you know, northern Nevada, really growing. A lot of people are aging out and mm -hmm. considering selling their businesses, I hope, not just closing the door and walking away. Let's, let's talk about the buyer side and how do you really help someone determine if that's the right business for them? Well, let's, let's just kind of put this a little bit in perspective, kind of looking at it from the seller side. Um, sometimes sellers think that they're going to be able to sell it um, and their, their natural buyer is going to be somebody internally, somebody that's worked with them, whether it's their general manager or somebody else like that. Um, that's rarely the case. And let me explain why. Um, you, you as the seller pretty much know how much your employees make. And you start thinking about, okay, so I want to sell my business. So we'll go back to that, what we were talking about, that $100,000 cash flow and the $250,000 business. So uh, you reach out to your employees and you say, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm about ready to, you know, retire. I'm ready to sell my business. Uh, so does anybody have enough money to buy my business or is anybody interested in buying my business? Um, certainly not, not recommended that you do this type of thing. But you're probably going to get them all and say, oh, yeah, I'd love to buy it in some way or another. But are you going to sell your business for somebody to give you $10,000 down and pay off that $240,000 over the next 30 years like you do with a house? Probably not because they don't have enough skin in the game. Um, so that's, that's kind of one scenario there. The other scenario is, um, are you going to have, is it a family member? And you know family members, you know what they make. You know what kind of money they have. So it's likely that that's not going to happen. And then the other part, the other one is uh, without just going to people that are interested in being entrepreneurs um, and buying their own business, are those that are your competitors? Are they interested in expanding? 
Um, and in this market right now, it's pretty difficult. A lot of people are able to or organically grow their business because the economy is doing wonderful. And they've and a lot of sellers learned a lot during the seven or eight years of tough times, really tough times. So the chances of, of you know, a competitor wanting to buy you unless they're really big and they really see the advantages, most people are saying, do I really want to manage that many more employees? unless that's the reason to buy you is to buy you for your employees because just finding those human resources, um, people that are more than just um, a pulse and two feet. Um, as I often hear from business owners, um, I can't find anybody qualified. If you have somebody really qualified, are they willing to buy your business for what you're asking? Because they may already have enough customers. So those are kind of three areas where you kind of see it. A lot of times what we get are the, organ the, the people that are coming in, they're, they're leaving the job, much like I talked about earlier, that are, they want to leave their job, they've stashed away some money, um, they've, got, they've put together some ideas of what they want to do. They don't always know what kind of business they want to buy because they come, sometimes they come in and they think, oh, I can just put 10% down. Typically when a buyer buys a business, um, about 70 to 80% of the time, the business is purchased with seller financing, which is probably a little bit of a surprise to some of the listeners out there. Um, and only about 10, maybe 20 to 30% of the time um, is it actually done with bank financing. So how many people have ever bought a house where they had seller financing or bought commercial real estate with seller financing? It doesn't happen very often. It's probably in the single digits uh, and the, on the percentage side of how many times that happens. But buying a business, so we go back to that $250,000 business, I want to buy that business. Well, you're probably going to have to come up with 100 to 120 grand down, and then you're going to pay back that business. You're going to pay, make payments based off of about 25% of your cash flow. So let's just use the easy number because I like to keep things simple. You pay back $25,000 a year. So what does that mean to the seller? Okay, they're getting a couple grand a month. Why is the formula only 25%? Well, the seller probably wants to ensure that he's going to get that full $150,000 that you owe them, plus you're going to pay some interest, plus they want to make sure that you're successful. So now you've left your business at making $30,000, $50,000 a year. Now you're making about seventy-five, but you're young, you're ambitious, you've got all kinds of wonderful ideas. So maybe you are making that hundred grand, but you're paying that hundred, you're paying that $25,000 plus interest back. So you pay that back over four or five years. Everybody's happy. You've also lessened the amount of tax concerns that are often happen with, with the seller. Because if they were to just get that check for $250,000 or even under a banking situation and they got 80% of the money, they're looking at two hundred grand, and who's going to probably take a third of that money? Well, and they have to pay tax on all that exactly. up front. The other reason, you know, sometimes seller financing is because you do retain that institutional knowledge. That seller wants you to be successful. Right. Maybe they become a mentor to you, things like that. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit. So that was the seller financing mm -hmm. side of it. So the SBA side of it um, is not as difficult as many people think it is. So if you have a good buyer and you have a good seller, banks are going to look at it and say, okay, you've got some experience as the buyer. You have a good background. Maybe you're not technically savvy in this world, but you have a little bit of experience. Um, say maybe it's uh, a daycare. 
Um, you've had some management experience. You know what to do with employees. You have a little bit of an education background. You need to go get a couple of credentials, that, or not a, necessarily credentials, but some permits and those kinds of things that the government's going to make you for safety reasons, uh, consumer protection, um, and, and you can get into that business. So you now get in there. Um, the bank looks at you and says, okay, you've, you know, Buzz, you've, you were a teacher at one time. You've managed things. You've done those different kinds of things. Um, would we lend you money? Okay. Well, the bank's probably going to want a little bit of collateral. Um, they like things a little more than just the business um, because that's really not a whole lot of collateral. I mean, what are, uh, you know, four- and five-year-old tables and chairs really worth to a bank? Probably not a whole lot. So they may ask for some collateral, maybe your house or another piece of property that's something tangible, um, as well as have some life insurance that's probably equal to the value of what you're borrowing. With that, you're only going to be putting down about 20%. So let's go back to that $250,000 scenario. Um, so now you really only have to come up with 20% of that. So 50 grand, so you still have, a, you have 100 grand. You don't need to put it all down because guess what? When you go into that business, you're probably going to want to have a little bit of working capital. Maybe you want to change some marketing. Maybe you need to take care of a few things that the, um, the seller hasn't done. Um, as well as, you know, you, you have that ambitious ideas to do those kinds of things. Plus, you want to have a little bit of a cushion in case you do slip a little bit. Um, so with that, the, the SBA process, um, we have done several SBA loans. They usually, with a good bank, um, there's, there's some out there that are very good about making this happen. Um, they'll tell the buyer right up front that they're qualified or they're not qualified and not drag you through the mud. Um, we've done deals um, in 30 to 45 days. Wow. So it's a pretty short process. Well, let's let's talk about the brokering side because obviously, you know, you guys are experts in putting these transactions together, vetting the seller, vetting the buyer, making sure that the the buyer is buying a business that, you know, they should be buying kind of thing. You know, why should I hire someone from the Liberty Group of Nevada LLC? to help me either sell or buy my business? Well, you bring up a, it's a, it's a great question. A lot of people think uh, maybe I should just do it on my own. Um, and unfortunately, probably once a week, um, we get the phone call in our office of somebody that says, hey, I just bought my business from a good friend of mine. Um, and guess what? The numbers aren't what the numbers are. Um, I've got people coming and collecting uh, money that that person owed that's 30, 60, 92 years old, um, all these different kinds of things, and they probably didn't look at a whole lot of things. Um, they thought it was just like buying a car. Um, and, you know, sometimes you buy lemons, sometimes you don't. Um, but we try to help guide people through the process so that they do some due diligence, they ask some questions. Um, they go through the escrow process. They make sure that they're um, they're not putting themselves in a situation. Much like when, if you somebody were to buy a buy a house or something like that, and you didn't do any inspections, um, and then you move into the house and you find out that there's mold and there's termites and there's all kinds of other things. And so, uh, thank you for calling me an expert. But I think every day we learn. So I don't know that we're necessarily experts. I would say we're experienced. Um, and we've, we've learned a lot of things over the years. Um, and it's always good to have somebody that's a licensed professional there to help you through the process. Um, for sellers, you, you know, you kind of say, oh, well, I don't want to pay that commission. 
I, I kind of look at it as, as not necessarily as a, an insurance policy, but it kind of is. It helps you get through the process so that you don't end up standing on the courthouse steps three, six, three to six months from now or two or three years from now paying a $750 an hour lawyer where you go, if I would have, I could have, and I should have. Well, um, it's, just it's done a, a little it's protection. It's a reality check because you really do share with the business owner that true value of your business. And so maybe today isn't the day yeah. to sell your business. Work on this for the next year right. so you can get maximum value. And then for that buyer is to make sure that fi- they are financially uh, prepared to, to be able to pay you yeah. over the course of the next two to five years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So- <laughs> I guess it, there's the other side of it is 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 uh, if you were to go to uh, if you were to just go to your friend and say okay please diagnose me and tell me if I have anything wrong um, would you really go for that or would you like to go somebody to a doctor or something like that that specializes well and you guys are you're part of a huge network around the country that you know the different types of transactions or different businesses yeah. you have access to a lot of experienced brokers around the nation that you know somebody has done that transaction before yes. so I'm talking with William Buzz I love the name Buzz I'm a beekeeper so I like anybody named Buzz who is a business broker at the Liberty Group of Nevada LLC. Buzz, the best number to reach you or how best to get a hold of you? 775-813-3743. Or you can call us at 825-EXIT. Exit. I like it. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. 